0: Tie that man down. Secure the mast. Tear down his flag. I'm taking over the ship while our captain is away. You'll never get away with this. <laughs> My dear Zam, wow. I already have. Gentlemen, the ship is ours. Welcome to the Keelhauled Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. hoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourself a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to talk about the patch notes, the adventure, as well as thoughts on captaincy and hourglass balancing. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. But first, there are pirates on this ship still loyal to Captain Logan. So I want the following Patreon crew members locked up in the brig. People's Republic, El Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Chonky, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davrum TV, LFA Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Jor B. Jorbs Carl Embo, Cassia the Aficionado, Nightstar, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Registella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Scumelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Captain J-Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist Dead Eye Dre, Hedgar Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski-Doo, von Blitz, Windsor Chris, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, and Zam-Wow. Ooh, this captain chair is really comfy. Ooh, I can get used to captaining this ship. Well, now that we've secured the ship and the podcast is ours, let's jump into it. Now, if any of you are questioning who will be the better captain, me or Logan, <laughs> I think the answer is clear. Uh, By the fact that I only just now realized that all the notes I took were for the patch that came out May 18th and not the patch that came out June 15th. So, yes, did I just already steer us into a rock? That's fine. We've got planks. We'll repair. Am I deleting a page of notes? No, you're deleting. It's your notes that got. Uh, Let's talk about the patch. All right. 2.8.3. In this one, the only thing we really haven't talked about so far is that players sailing a Galleon or Brigantine will find that the knockback from Cannonball Splash damage no longer propels them so far into the air, preventing them from being so easily sent overboard. However, they will still be knocked back and disoriented by the blast. This change makes the knockback experience consistent across all ship sizes. We'll remember that the sloop had these sort of balance changes to make people who were solo slooping or going up against bigger crews have a better chance at holding their own. And I guess they didn't like the gameplay for anyone being knocked off so easily from their ship with the cannonballs. And I guess that's fair. I, and I'll tell you, even with these changes, I spent a lot of time on a sloop in battles and you don't get knocked off much at all, if ever. Really, the only times I get knocked off of a ship now is with another player hits me with a blunderbuss or a blunderbomb. More often than blunderbuss, funny enough. So it's going to be really hard for that to happen to you now. You still get knocked back like it knocks you off the cannon and stuff like this and and you, you get terrified as you try to eat, and by the time you get that next coconut down your gullet, you see the cannonball coming you're trying to avoid, and oh no, am I walking into it or away from it? That that still is all there, that, that nice give and take, that nice balance. The only difference now, I guess, between sloops and other ship sizes are the respawn times if you're on a sloop is quicker. I don't know if that's just solo sloop or if you're duo sloop as well. It's been a long time. And as well, chain shots only do two ticks of damage onto your mast as a sloop. And then they mentioned here the captains of adventure balancing. They've kind of given us broad descriptions of what these are. So I compared old prices and new prices, old requirements and new requirements to get us some solid numbers. There's been a 70 to 80% price reduction on ship decorations and trophies, and a 50% price reduction on all ornaments. There's been a 25 to 80% reduction in milestone requirements, and a very, very small few were not changed. But the vast majority of them got that 25 to 80% reduction in the requirement to progress one rank. Some conflict, I think, between people's opinions that. You know, I've earned these things before these changes were in place. It took me longer, cost me more money. Uh, I I think this is an infinite argument. We've had a million times. I've seen it a lot on Sea of Thieves, but I've seen it in other uh, gaming spaces. That you know, are, the 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 debate's gone back a million times. I'm not going to add anything new, except to say, I guess maybe I'm just influenced by my Italian upbringing. Uh, everyone in my Italian family uh, were all about the idea of. Of I had it hard, I want it better for my kids. So maybe that influences me where I see I don't care if it was harder for me. I'm happy for for it to be easier for other people. I, w- I wouldn't argue with anyone that they would have done something to to help people. They did do the, the sovereign table, but I think a lot of people were disappointed that all that gold they spent disappeared, and, and some refund, I think, would have been appropriate. But it is what it is. All in all, I'm very, very happy for it and make these things easier, and to give us uh, access to more of these items. It was great. Finally, I got my fish trophies. I got Legendary Hunter, <laughs> the Sea of Thieves, and that means if you don't know, you've done all the fishing accommodations before captaincy. So I didn't have any fish trophies. Now that it takes only three down from 10, the original was what, like 15 or 20? I forget what the original was. Uh, now there's just three per progress. Uh, I was finally able to get a, a, a trophy Isle Hopper, Throw that sucker on my wall. More naming convention mix-ups. Trophy Isle Hopper could mean the big Isle Hopper or the trophy that you put on the wall. At least we can say Sea of Thieves is being consistent. Sea of Thieves gave us a couple updates. We're aware that some players who met the gilded sovereign captain's table criteria before captain's week haven't yet received the item. The team are working hard to resolve distribution issues. We'll update you as soon as we know when this will resume. Thanks for your patience. I want to make sure you all know about the special offer that's going on in the Emporium. The Pirate Emporium is offering the Spinal Figurehead as a bonus for anyone picking up an ultra combo of items this week. To qualify, spend at least 2,000 ancient coins between now and July 2nd at 11.59 p.m. UTC, and you'll receive the figurehead within five days of the promotion's end. I feel bad for anyone that purchased the t- one of the two Mega Packs for five and 6,000 <laughs> ancient coins. Uh, big sad. <laughs> they should give it. Come on. Give it to those guys. It's only been like, what, a week and a half since they came out. Give it to those poor souls. Oh, my goodness. I came across, I was doing hourglassing, and I came across a ship that was fully star It was parked at an outpost in the default ship position, and I just, the poor kid got dumpstered. You know, he was a brand new player, saw the shiny star bundle, bought it all up, was explaining, well, what's this hourglass, enables it, and then gets dumpstered on. Poor guy, poor, poor lad. You know, they do have little notes when you initiate things, like if you've become an emissary, you get a little note that says, hey, you get increased rewards, but now now you're more valuable to other people. The note, I think, would be more useful before you engage in things. That's a hard, you know, user flow, but uh, it definitely (laughs) leads to things like this. You know, they say that this and the Warsmith bundle have been very popular. We must have a lot, a lot of players because I barely come across people wearing these. It could also be that people buy and don't wear it. I mean, I have the Warsmith ship set and I have so many ship sets and I go through so many. I mean, I don't use it very often. So I guess you got to come across somebody who has it and is using it. But like, I've almost never come across me with, with the Lodestar cosmetics, but Sea of Thieves says it's very popular. So it was... Uh, all my research on the 2.8.2 patch notes weren't wasted. I got a few words to say about those patch notes. The Merchant Alliance cosmetics are in the store now, which is a completion of all the original trading company sets. They're priced high as a reward for people who max out their trading company. Uh, they're, they're usually broken down pieces of the costume. Sometimes there's a piece new or a piece missing. Like some don't have boots, the merchants have like two sets of gloves, things like this. And we already kind of had that for Athena. That was sort of their whole bag at the beginning. So I wonder if they'll add one for Reaper, sort of closing out all the trading companies. Uh, You know, and one for fishing too. (laughs) Of course I'm joking. When will we ever get an update for anything fishing? In those notes, they also talked about crews diving beneath the waves to battle rival ships when no longer find themselves battling in storm conditions. I think this is a good change. And this is emblematic of, of an interesting concept the Sea of Thieves is pretty varied. You can fight in fog, you can fight in, in Devil's Roar near volcanoes, you can fight near partial fog if you're near the Fort of the Damned, you can be on the storm, there could be mechs, there could be any number of world events, but people generally don't like fighting in all of those conditions. They want to calm seas, even so that this is not the first patch note that's sort of talked about, hey, we're giving you calm seas to fight in. It makes me wonder what we could do to improve these aspects of the seas to make them enjoyable to fight in. I wouldn't mind if once in a great while I, I fought in a storm, as long as I'm not a solo sloop. I think that would be really tough. I know that in the fog, every time I fought in the fog, almost every time, the other ship and I came to an agreement that we don't want to do this. It's hard to even see each other when we're circling and try to shoot each other. And we just roll for the victory. Whoever We both roll a d20, whoever gets the highest wins. And I have yet to have anyone so far cross fingers to the future not abide by that. And I get it. You want a fair fight. Just as we got into another fight with another solo sloop and then a third party ship came in, I had gotten the guy's mask down. I had him dead to rights. He was doing nothing but bailing. I was ready to take him out. Then this third party comes in and they were also Reaper and I was Athena. The other guy was Reaper. So he naturally allied with him. So now I'm one V three, a duo sloop and a solo sloop. And then a, uh, a skeleton ship spawned on us. So I had a fourth party and it was, it was very fun, it was very interesting, but when I lost, it felt unfair. And of course, you know, it's just a, the sort of things happen in the Sea of Thieves, I'm not mad or anything. But uh, I could see how it's an interesting dichotomy between what's fun and what's fair, and that you can have fun even though it's not fair, until the very end when you lose, you're like, oh, well, that sucked, that was an hour wasted. That battle did go from a 10-minute battle to a 40 minute battle because of that uh, as a friend told me any battle that lasts longer than 10 minutes hourglass battle you will get a third party and that's pretty much true report a player being in game is great i love the little fixes we got more of them in the last patch and we got this one but we still got some in the most recent patch a lot of them are like little i want to call them quality of life things but they're they're minor fixes that i think make a big impact When you have a bunch of little things that are weird, unfun, or broken, they really add up and they make, they kind of, people for years, you know, in the past talked about Blizzard polish, the way games would be like that. Uh, I don't know if we use the word Nintendo polish, but often we would, we would talk about the polish on a Nintendo game. And when you come across more janky games, you can feel it. And so when you when you fix little tiny things like you don't see a quest receive notification anymore when diving below the waves looking for an opponent. Since day one we've been having that. It's great to have that gone. Could have that have been in there the rest of the game's life and it kept going? Yeah, sure. But it's an annoying thing that's gone. It just makes it feel smoother. It's nicer. They did a bunch of those little things. It's good to know that they won't just release something it's broken even in a minor way like the sawbones jacket and belt weren't getting ghostified when you equipped the Athena's fortune costume and then to know that those aren't going to be abandoned like oh well you bought it and it's just gonna be broken forever no they fix it eventually uh, I think that's really really smart and, and a good play Uh, Things like the harpoon not doing damage, and now it does. Though I did notice while I was doing some sunken ship voyages that some treasure was not getting automatically dropped off. Uh, The sunken ship stuff is weird. I've seen times where other players couldn't see it. The loot that's kind of floating in where those bottle clues are. Those barrels only can hold two slots of items, and each slot can only hold up to two things. So two cannonballs and say two coconuts or two cannonballs, one coconut in two different slots. It's very, very strange. If you had four cannonballs, it'd be two cannonballs and then two cannonballs. Something's weird about those, and and it just crossed some wires with the harpoon automatic drop-off. But I'm seeing a a new pattern in these patch notes. You guys just heard me stumble over my words there. I have to let you know that I have already... Stumbled over my words so many times. I've edited them all out. I cannot believe that much respect to Logan for doing this and doing this solo and, and being able to develop those skills and talents. Uh, soloing podcasts, I've said for a long time, is really, really hard. And uh, boy, he, he pulls it off. Congratulations to him. Uh, Not that he didn't deserve to be mutinied and that this shouldn't be my ship, which it is now and forever will be. But in these patch notes, we see players may experience scenarios where they encounter pink spikes at random while playing, resulting in rubber banding or client stutters. While improvements were most recently released in Update 2.7.3, the team continued to work on further improvements for future updates. 2.7.3 was the first update of Season 8, back in February. Is this the new hit reg note which has been in the patch notes since... 2.0.15, the Lost Treasures update back in May of 2020. Are we going to see this in every patch note and it's just going to be like that? I think I would appreciate it if the known issues list was a little more populated. They usually do like one or two big ticket items. But the little pieces that we see in every patch note that they do get fixed, it'd be nice if we saw them in the patch notes ahead of time. I mean, anybody here, you, literally you can ask any player who's played more than five minutes, and they could tell you some issue. It'd be nice to have these listed in the patch notes under known issues, aside from, you know, these two notes, which have just always just been in the patch notes. Oh, and in the latest patch notes, they also mentioned the video support that when you log in to see of Thieves, there's a front-end video that's just going to give you guys the latest trailers and content in the game. And you can see in the what's new section, which, by the way, is is updated and nice. A lot of games over time that have like this what's new section end up going with some standard message or an outdated message. Uh, how long did it take a game like Left 4 Dead 2? Where they had their, I forget what it was called, like a daily blog or whatever. That was just the oldest, most ancient thing. And uh, like the MCC now has the same patch note until, like, Halo Infinite releases a new season, and then goes back to the same patch note, uh, the same, you know, daily message, weekly message of check out our site for changes. It's nice that this is always new, refreshed. Like, even the figurehead promotion is in... Right now, you launch the game. You'll see it in the What's New section. So you can see videos there now. I don't know if there's a setting or if you skip it once, if you don't see the video every time. I don't know. It seems to me, I think, that just skipping it or watching it once is... Stopped it from playing for me again, I think. I don't really recall it playing again. I think it's pretty cool. I'm a firm believer in the way that you have a relationship with your audience is the way you should inform them. Things like Twitter have changed this a little bit in Discord, but even so, you'll hear like Logan, if he has any updates, he'll talk about it in his podcast, and you also may see it in Twitter and Discord. The majority of your listener base is the listener base, where you got it. So the majority of their player base is playing their game, not looking at their Twitter or their website. So it's nice that... In-game, they can get those videos or or whatever they want to present to present new information. That's always cool. Now, if one day they'll actually update their events hub to convert to your local time or have an actual time instead of having military time that ends in PM, which is a time that does not exist. The answer for that, why that is, by the way, is because it's an image. So they can't convert an image to your local time. They'd have to, I guess, make a bunch of different images and then figure out what your local time is and pick that image. Aye, aye, aye. Do something. Mm. Let's talk about the most recent adventure, Dark Deception. The 12th limited time adventure that began on June 22nd, last Thursday. It was pretty fun. Had you sailing around, collecting a few items, doing the cool enchanted compass thing. I think it was fun. What I liked about this adventure was... It, it was sort of smooth. What I mean by that is there wasn't a lot of so many islands so far away from each other. And, oh, you have to go to an island you normally wouldn't go to to collect a journal. This was all very natural. Go here, go here, go here. You knew where you were going next. And while there was a little bit of a puzzle element, it was very small and easy to solve. Like, So there was only one case where I had to look up the answer. Everything else was pretty clear to, to find in-game. I really liked that the journals were gone. Instead, your, your collectible, your optional collectible, were finding those rats. Uh, that was very cute. I, in fact, found one before the adventure started. Just came across it, saw the shiny. Oh, yeah, and also unlike journals, these are shiny, sort of easier to find. You just got to know what island to go to, and that's in the deeds, and you kind of look around, and oh, there's the shiny thing. You're not searching in every corner for a, a, a bland journal. Even though journals, of course, have cool info written in them and the rat just scurries. But I found a rat beforehand and it counted when I eventually did do the adventure, which was nice because the rat does not respawn. I felt sad stealing the watch and I think that should have been a sign. It actually took me a little bit of an embarrassing long time to realize what was going on with the adventure. Towards the end of the adventure, I just remembered the name of the adventure, A Dark Deception and went... Oh, okay, of course, I know what's happening here. And I I noticed this, I thought it was a game engine thing, but maybe it was like a clue, but the Pirate Lord's model was not as see-through, as translucent. And I thought, oh, it's because he's like an interactable present model, he's not a guy that's teleporting in and out, he's sort of always in the world at this location. But uh, maybe that was a little bit of a clue as well. Getting a piece of the Burning Blade... Had an albeit simple but very cool screen burn effect that came on, and it gave me like that Bowser and Super Mario sixty four vibes when you die and it comes out. The- I'm not sure why they put that in mechanically that there was two pieces you could grab and one you couldn't grab and one you could, but uh, still I like that effect of oh you've grabbed the burning blade and, and there's still some evil enchantment there that that you got a saw an image of flame heart. I hope that that ship stays there at. Shipwreck bay permanently you know as as a as a little change from the adventure that stays in the world at least for a time you know there's actually not so far from that new ship location which i don't know is this a a rebuilding of a ship from a different parts or is this like they found it they dredged it up and it's the last piece of it or are they building a brand new one with pieces? I don't know which way yet. But anyway, not so far from that is a black smoldering mark on the ground that is actually a remnant of the Shrouded Islands adventure. It's a very, very small remnant. This is a quite a larger one. Still, I'd like it to stay around. It's pretty cool. I like they had to shoot up there. There wasn't. I tried a lot of parkour to get up there and could not find a way you had to shoot. The one part I did have to look up was where the final place was. I was following the compass. And I even got right down next to where you need to interact. But the spot you need to interact with is on the floor and in one specific area that I just didn't think to look. And the rat tricked me. The rat genuinely tricked me because it had the glowing green eyes. So I didn't think that was part of the dark deception. And then I realized that it was, oh, he's like, maybe he's like a traitor or a mole. Uh, hard to be a mole now that we all know it. But maybe that was mentioned in the end of the year stream last year, the orb stream. I think maybe he called him like a traitor or something like that. Some. Maybe I should have seen it coming. And side note, I do like that. The Orb Stream releases cosmetics, you know, re-releases, even though it's random, that were released in the previous year during Twitch drops. That's cool. Like, I'm looking forward just to tuning in this year because I've missed a, a drop or two. I was second chance to grab some of those, which we haven't seen second chances for Twitch drops much at all. It's been extremely rare. And the final room you get into, I think it's a cool tribute to all the previous adventures. I wonder if this room will remain accessible in the future. That could be cool if it did. Some have theorized that this armory will be used to allow people to replay adventurers. I'm not so keen on that, but it's possible. They, they did talk about that. They're going to retool adventures. And I think having this last, like, Hey, look at all the adventures you've done room sort of is, is a good sign that that, that is going to happen. Chris brawler, allcock in his article adventures ahead, a dark deception. They do one of these articles, for every mystery that comes out. Said at the end of it, well, there we have it, a potted history of all the ways the Sea of Thieves world has been transformed by adventures so far. And as for the future, well, adventures themselves are soon due to undergo a metamorphosis of their own, as teased by lead designer Chris Davis and the recent episode of Sea of Thieves News, giving a little more context to the slowed down schedule. I clicked that link, I watched the video, and Chris really... He talked about a pause and making way for, for some of the cool new things, letting this season shine, which, I mean, there wasn't a lot in the season to let shine, but okay. Things like this and, and, and plans we have in the future. But he didn't really talk. I don't think he really mentioned that things were going to go through a metamorphosis. So, but this article is saying that there is going to be some sort of, of change metamorphosis is the word they used to adventures. And I think even from the beginning, a lot of people talked about these are limited. You're spending a lot of time on a short thing while it changes the world, progresses the story, and in even some minor ways, some major ways, depending on if it was one of the two choices. Why well, spend all this effort on a small thing we killing experience for a short amount of time that you can't get the bugs fixed, fast enough before it's already gone? It, it, it seemed weird to a lot of people, me included. And so it would make sense to me that they would look at it and, and decide, What should adventures look like in the future? If you're still looking to do the adventure, you have until July 6th to do it. Let's take a few seconds to talk about the mystery. The mystery was solved. We have a winner. We don't know who it is. Matter of fact, I guess, do we even know if we have a winner? The time ended, we have the, well, I guess if we have the voyage and the winner is the person who completes the voyage first, if I remember correctly, I guess we have a winner. We don't know who, they're not releasing it. I don't know what's taking them so long to confirm who the winner is. I think it's a little weird, but they did reveal something and that is H is Hogarth. They confirmed it on Twitter. The guy signed his name on a little like in-game piece of paper or in-fiction piece of paper where he signed it instead of H, he signed it Hogarth. So unless he's lying, and why would he do that? It was Hogarth, as uh, I think even Captain Logan, uh, former Captain Logan, disgraced and mutinied Captain Logan, predicted himself. With all the captaincy changes, I finally became a captain. And I want to talk a little bit about that. In the past, I refused because I had a lot of problems with the system. I didn't like how you charged you real money to change your ship's name, that you spent gold for consumables... Uh, I really don't like that they charge for things that other people get for free, like repairing your ship, and if you don't have a captain ship, they took stuff away from you. Customization went away from your ship. All the little trinkets and things around your ship, they all wiped them, and now you can only replace them if you're a captain, and you have bought them. And there's stuff on your ship that you can't even use if you're not a captain, like the voyage shelf. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. I was not about to spend money on something that was a consumable. I saved my gold for permanent cosmetics. But with this change the being able to save your ship cosmetics for free, as well as all the milestone requirement changes... And being able to buy a ship for a cheap price, I thought 100K to get the things that captaincy lets you do, it's a good investment. And I decided at this reduced price, I wanna become a captain. And now, with saving your ship cosmetics for free, now allowing like every other cosmetic that you have for free, you get to keep in between sessions, really is nice. I really like that. I really enjoy it. And I've been enjoying trying to reach the legendary milestones, which has been pretty quick now with the changes. And I guess see why people like being captains. In my humble opinion, I think what they call captaincy should just be things everyone gets access to by default. You shouldn't have to to buy into being a captain. That fixes most of the problems I have with the system aside from being able to buy supplies. I thought it since merchant started releasing that you shouldn't have you shouldn't be able to spend gold on consumables just Give us more ship supplies to start with. Happy they did that recently. It still could be done more and there's no need to have to buy supplies if you start off with enough. And being able to customize my ship has been fun to, I'm, I'm a thematic person, like, oh, I did all the whaling barnacles. So I put barnacles and like things that you could fish up, like you could fish up a boot. So I put the boot with flowers there or you could fish up fish bones. So I put fish bones and I put a fish trophy up and things like this. So like, oh, it was very whaling barnacle inside. And then you could switch that up with different ship sets. Uh, well, time-consuming. I like the thematic of it. I think it's a shame I can't change the ship name depending on what the cosmetics I have are. I did do Jackdaw's Ascension. For those of you who have watched the video, The Ascension of the Jackdaw, if you haven't watched that, and it's the funniest 20 seconds ever. I think the voyages and things that essentially, aside from the unique voyages, a lot of it is just so that you can sail on voyages as if you were lower level for the training companies. That's something that everyone should have access to. And like I said, so if, if captaincy was free and then thus now everyone has access to that, I think that really solves a lot of my problems with the system. But still, I'm not going to spend gold on consumables. And some of those, ooh, those voyages are expensive. I did the Skull of Destiny voyages, which were 100 doubloons each, one of which I got wasted. Yikes, a rooney. That was poof, a lot of doubloons. Uh, not that we have a lot of use on doubloons yet. And some of those things are pricey even with gold. But one thing I came across when trying to make a thematic ship set was that some of the thematic ship parts were in the Emporium. And I think it's bad form that there are captaincy cosmetics for ship sets that you buy with gold or doubloons in the Emporium. If I bought you know, the Whaling Barnacle stuff with doubloons, I should be able to buy the Whaling Barnacle ship crest with doubloons. In there they called it the Weeping Wave. And the ancient crest is called the Forgotten Temple, which is the thinnest veil of hey, we're not selling gold shipset parts in the emporium, but you absolutely are. You can't just what a thin veil of just changing the name from Wayland Barnacle to Weeping Waves. It's definitely the Wayland Barnacle. You know, it's definitely the ancient shipset crest and now banner. Uh, I think that's bad form. You can put anything in there. If it's an Emporium ship set, sure, have the Emporium ship crest or banner in there, or whatever other captaincy cosmetic. But the Golden to Blue ones, you should be able to buy with Golden to Bloons in the in-game stores. That's my two cents about it. But all in all, I've been having a, a fun time being a captain sailing my ship. It did stop me from playing with somebody. I was trying to work on a ship accommodation. My friend said, hey, I got a brig going. You want to join me? I'm like... But I'm close to finishing this thing with my, my ship milestones. So, gotta do that. So, I didn't play with them. And so, I think it was kind of a weird pull. But that's one of the few bad experiences I had with the captaincy, and that's mostly my uh, my fault of loving to see numbers go up. Mm-mm-mm, that's gameplay for me. Uh, While I was playing Tears of the Kingdom, and same with Breath of the Wild, I said to myself, "Ooh, I wanna, I wanna really Miyazaki this, where you know, I get an elk or my horse, and and I go through town and I really role play it deeply." Those those you know, for me, from my other podcast, they're role playing podcasts. I love to role play, but when I jump in that game immediately, I, when the numbers start ticking up, I'm like, "Oh, there's, I have." One out of 27 side quests done. Time to find all the side quests and get that number up to 27. Upgrade all my armor, get all the, the numbers up. That's what I like to do, and, and, and I can never control myself to do the, the immersive thing that I want to do. So even here, it's like, oh, sure, I would love to play with my friends, but oh, I'm getting numbers going up here. So maybe that's more of a Caleb thing. <laughs> with these changes to Captaincy Milestones, it made me think about some changes that we could have to the hourglass commendations. And it's a small change, but I think an important one. Ever since they added the ability for us to be matched against the same faction, some commendations have become much harder to accomplish. And this is really felt for the ones that unlock cosmetics for purchase. I really noticed this when I went to see what I needed to do to unlock the skull that I'm interested in from the Sunken Barnacle set. And it doesn't have an official name, I just kind of call it that. Because some are called barnacles, some are called sunken, you know, whatever. It's just all the stuff that looks like you're from underwater with barnacles and and, and things like this on you. Three of the four pieces are granted for faction grade. The pieces I'm interested in are at level 120 and level 200. But the barnacled skull, you need to get the rack them up achievement. That's as a servant of the Flame sink 500 Guardians of Athena's fortune ships after undergoing the Ritual of the Flame. Let me help you put this into perspective. I asked my friend, Bolt Birdie, about his stats. His servants is level 404, he sunk 509 ships, and his rack them up achievement is only at 312 of 500. The guardians have a mirrored achievement, so his guardians is at 271, he sunk 384 ships, and his too many to count achievement, or commendation, is 200 out of 500. The fact that after 500 ships sunk, and level 400, he's only at 300 of the 500 ships sunk needed, is damning. Even more so considering he did some of his progress before the patch that allowed you to match up against the same faction. You shouldn't have to get over halfway to your level 1,000 prestige reward just to unlock a standard cosmetic, or two in the case of the Guardians of Fortune, the, the Green Athena, Pegleg, and Hull. There are five combinations that call out sinking opposite factions, three of which unlock cosmetic rewards for purchase. I humbly put forward that they should no longer require the opposite faction because it's, in effect, doubling these numbers. For Guardians of Fortune, you got Running the Risk, which is 100 ships, Exemplary Captain, which is 100 ships, and then the next three unlock rewards. Too many to count, 500 ships and quite the collection, 100 flags, and Magpie's Revenge, 50 ships. The servants of the flame mirrored combinations are risk at it all, it's 100, his favorite crew, which is 100, and the next three reward cosmetics, rack them up 500, pathetic token 100 flags, and the flame never dies 50 ships. The other combinations that require you to sink the other faction ships are all set at 100, aside from that one that's at 50. I would say that we should reduce too many to count and rack them up to 100 as well. Think of it this way even if these combinations didn't care about which faction you sunk, it would still take to level 400 just to complete them. There's a hidden design philosophy that by level 200, you've unlocked everything or very, very close to everything. This, sans the level 1000 prestige reward, is the one exception, and it's an exception by miles. Needing to get to level 600 to finish off the sets you've collected during your level 100 to 200 journey is silly. And even their original game design wanted you to have it by level 400. So please very least remove the requirement for them to be the opposite faction and at the most reduce that number please a hundred like the other combination seems just right and while i still have been doing some hourglass battles uh i kind of find myself not wanting to do them till the next community day because that progression feels right much like how the captaincy stuff has been reduced now they feel right uh being past a level 100 on my guardians on my journey to 200 It takes a couple sinks to get a level. And during the community day, I got a level of sink. And you know, was of course turning in the hourglass and turning in flags were getting me levels in between that. And that felt so nice. Why they increased how difficult it was to progress past level 100 shortly after the hourglass's introduction is beyond me. Because that's what really feels feels real good. Maybe they want to tool down a little bit like they did with the captaincy stuff. Mm. Now, to soften this mutiny, I have decided to allow some questions to be asked of the crew on the Discord. So, let's look at some of the questions I got. Norwegian asks, Should Rare bring back the special challenges to help fill in the long gaps between adventures and seasons, such as the Olympic stuff they did? Special challenges, I think uh, he's talking about the events, and funny enough, the captaincy thing that happened recently was an event. Way back, you may recall, I said that uh, I think events would be a driving force, and they felt really good. And then soon after, we lost them. Adventures really took their place, as Norwegian sort of implies. Who doesn't like earning some cosmetics? That always eventually came to the stores, eventually at a higher price or locked by accommodation, but you could get it easier and quicker if you were there to do the event. It sort of gets the community all doing one thing, sort of like how now there's the chest of fortune. So that drives a lot of people to do the four of fortune, which was sort of expiring in the past because people just weren't doing it. It wasn't getting as much interest. And now when you go there, it's almost always challenged because people want that new chest or now people are more interested in getting fighting over the the reaper's chests the reaper's bounty chests because now they were tied to a new reward these are ways to drive the community into into focusing on things so that you can interact with the rest of the community and you don't feel like you you might as well be playing a single-player game all the time they were fun short small bursts of activity uh yeah norwegian i think absolutely i think they'd be a great idea i think especially it didn't take a lot of dev time at least From what I understand, especially compared to adventures, if I was to pick what the next event would be, I mean, the event hub is pretty much just it's gone the way of what I said earlier with the, you know, hey, latest news from other games where it's the same daily quests and hey, letting you know about Gold Rush, it really doesn't get used very much. They put in all that that back end work just to have it sort of gather dust. To really only be seen during Christmas and maybe the anniversary, you know, that sort of deal. But yeah, having those more frequently would, would, would at least keep me coming back to it. I, I took a big break from this game for a while this season. But I'm, I'm also of the opinion that you should always have big breaks from games. That, that's healthy to focus on other games. I play some Tears of the Kingdom Play some Halo, play some StarCraft. But a reason to come back, I mean, that can be done very predatory and it can be done very fun. And I think there's an easy, fun way to do it with events. I mean, even like StarCraft, I play at least once a week to do their their weekly mutation. They always are trying to get you to jump back into the game. And, and that's just a, that's natural, good game design. If I was to pick what the next event would be, the event would be, what's an underutilized thing that might be fun for us to, to go and do together? I think a lot of people reminisce about the Reaper's Run ones. Don't know how much the reward needs to be looked at. I don't know how much we care about captain's chests anymore. And, and we have a lot of ways to get into fights. I think that was a moment in time that would be hard to recreate because back then that was a valuable loot to get that many captain's chests and to get guaranteed fighting like that was, it was, was not very easy to do uh, an adventure. I mean, I don't even recall if arena was out at that time. I don't know, maybe an event to do something with the quest boards because they're so underutilized. The problem with quest boards is I would do them if I knew that the quest was done by a player, but the AI quests suck. The rewards suck, and there's always, I think, only ever like two things to dig up. So if if that didn't show any AI generated, if it was only other player made, that'd be interesting. I also have no hope that if I drop something on that quest board that other players will grab it before that server shuts down. So I really don't see any any use to burying anything and putting it on that board aside from getting those combinations. So maybe something with that would be interesting. The event would be maybe to bury a certain value of loot, like money value. Because if you just do numbers, people could bury a bunch of garbage and then to dig up a a certain value. Maybe that'd be a fun little thing. Give you some what rewards would you throw in? I don't know, just any any sets that aren't finished. Throw a couple of pieces in from their set. I think it was funny. We got the captaincy heavy and small blade. which seems to be a trend going forward that we're going to have the standard heavy and and rapier blades. But I don't think we have the captaincy normal blade yet. I don't know why that wasn't part of what they're holding that back for. (laughs) People's Republic asks. With Microsoft moving on from development of games for the Xbox One generation, could you see a time that rarely leave Xbox One native users behind and expand development using the Xbox series of consoles as a baseline, knowing that the Xbox One users always have the option to access the game via cloud? If so, what would the transition look like? What changes would you want to take advantage of the new baseline? Would you prefer this over a hard break of a Sea of Thieves 2? You know, it's not many games I think about, oh, the engine's holding it back, but sometimes I, I wonder and i think you may f- you probably hear this pretty often on this show i don't know if the game can do that or that seems a little ambitious for sea of thieves to pull off but it's something we, we talk about a lot isn't it and a, and a lot of us have have thought as people's republic mentions that having to make sure it works on the xbox one they've said as much is is a hindering factor it's hard to say to anyone hey you've bought this game you can't play it anymore but uh I'm I'm biased. I don't have an Xbox one. I'd like my game to run better and to be able to do more things. I mean, they once talked about like, are we going to introduce ghost fleets? All right. It needs to be able to be done by six ships on the server at the same time, as well as the world event without bugging out. And while that only really happened towards the beginning of its release, you know, we still maintain that in case it happens again, which is unlikely, I guess, unless you have some sort of, you know, server event from an Alliance server. So I'd say, yeah, but that's something I don't have like a lot of empathy with because I'm not on it, unfortunately. Maybe I should have a little more empathy for for players who still play on it. I'd be interested in knowing the numbers. I think if it's a very clear delineation of it's a very small player base in the Xbox One, then it's okay to say that. We're pushing a little bit like, hey, you can play via cloud as a way to soften the blow, which is true. I don't know how useful that, that game service is. Functional, I guess I should say. But it's hard not to say that you want the game to not be held back by old hardware. I mean, how many of us wanted a new Switch to come out just so that Tears of the Kingdom wasn't hampered by old hardware? Big Bad Pad asks with this season being so long and now getting extended, the release of games like Diablo 4 and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and other games like Starfield coming out in September, what can or should Rare be doing to keep their core player base coming back whilst also enticing new players in? Well Norwegian will tell you that they should bring back events. <laughs> While well, I maintain my thoughts that it's healthy that you have other games to jump in and out of, that we all don't need to hyperfixate all the time, which is something I'm telling myself as well. I think if they made the call here to have the season boring so that the rest of the seasons can be exciting, I'd make that trade. I don't know if that is what they did. The adventures seem to be their answer. I don't know if that's the best answer, given the amount of time it takes to do it. You know, I'd rather see them use that development time to make the Davy Jones costume look like Davy Jones with the squid face. And also, you, as a side note... I wish we had gotten the Castaways costume as well as Tia Dama's. Come on, I've wanted that costume since I saw it. As you can tell, um, I like the underwater aesthetic. The like risen up, barnacled sort of shtick. But I don't think anyone in the world's going to compete with a new game unless you have a, a gigantic update, like a new season or something like that. People might even be upset, like, oh, I'm going to miss these events because I really feel like playing this other game. I don't want to jump in to do this time-limited thing. Let's see, these is running. Try to please everybody you please nobody. Tales all this time. It probably just because of Norwegian's question, but I'm really thinking events is the answer. But, I mean, they tried it, and I guess they came to a conclusion it was not the answer. I'll tell you what's not the answer, and this has proven not to be the answer, and I'll continue to say it's not the answer. It's just make numbers so high that, oh, well, I guess you have to play it for seven months. If you want to get the 100 Legend of the Veils completed, number tooling high is not what you do to maintain a player base. That's the most artificial way to, to keep players, that it's inconsistent and often unsuccessful. I think the times I've played this game the most consistently was when an update was significant. Like I played a lot when we got the the new tall tales for the pirate's life. Even though you're only going through five, you know, I still have me playing a lot. I guess because that also came out with a lot more than just the tall tales. You had new enemies, and and uh, was that the time at that time the sunken stuff was there, the treasuries, and the and if not, they came out soon after. So I guess, unfortunately, the good answer, but the tough answer is, is gigantic content drops. You know, Legend of the Veil dropped, it did a bunch of that. Significant drops, which usually drops with the season, so I guess that doesn't really help answer your question. Big Bad Pad, who's currently locked up in the brig, along with his other Patreon loyalists to Captain Logan. As I would say, what's that, what's that noise? What? I just open this captain's door here. What's going on? El Jefe Esteban? Chesno? How did you all get out of the brig? It's over, Caleb. We're taking the ship back. No, no, that's impossible. You'll never get away with this. Take him to the brig. You can't do this to me. I'll be back. (laughs) I'll be back. You can't keep me locked away forever. All right, boys, time to pick up our captain. Set sail for Ohio.